This is the Mark Dolan Way. Top tips for mind, body and soul, some great life hacks and my favourite products of the week. This show is available on all podcast platforms or you can watch it. Just subscribe to the Mark Dolan Way on YouTube and join the Facebook group. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the show and happy new year. Very excited about 2024. May I wish you every happiness, every health, every success. And let me say that people talk about New Year's resolutions and they debate whether they work. And most people would argue they don't work and you've given them up. By about the 11th of January, I think there is a day of the year where everyone on average gives up their New Year's resolutions. And therefore, it is very discredited, the whole idea of starting the year with a whole bunch of aspirations. Um, it's a cliche. It's considered unsustainable. I don't know anyone that really believes in New Year's resolutions. People do them, but no one really believes in them. No one gets behind them. <laughs> very defeatist. Let me tell you, I completely believe in them. I massively, massively believe in New Year's resolutions. <clears throat> I think they're brilliant. And here's the thing. If they don't work and you don't do them, it doesn't matter. Now, how can that be? How can it be that if you have a New Year's resolution, you break it, that you've failed or that it hasn't worked? Well, let me tell you. Because change is often incremental. I mean, my favorite form of change is the instant one. We've had a previous podcast where I talked about if you want to be an on-time person, click your fingers, bang, you make a decision. You are now an on-time person, right? If you're someone that's late all the time, in one moment, you can be a not late person just by deciding not to be late and being 15 minutes early for everything. You can do it, right? You can't go to the moon. You can't cure cancer, even if you really try. But you can be early as a late person. It's allowed and it's possible. And if I offered you a million pounds, you would be early. So therefore, that proves you can do it. It's the million pounds test. Anything someone says they can't do or aren't able to do, if you offered them a million quid, would they then do it? And if the answer is yes, then they can do it anyway. It's the million quid test. So the resolutions work even if you stop them. And the reason why is because, like I say, although I prefer the instant change, incremental change is really valuable as well. So what that means is, you know, I used to be a nail biter and I would go through phases of not biting my nails and then I'd fall off the wagon and I'd be biting my nails again. But I think those multiple attempts to stop biting my nails ultimately led to the moment where I did stop biting my nails. And it's been probably best part of two years now. Actually, those failed attempts were the journey towards me stopping biting my nails. So that's why I really believe in New Year's resolutions, because I think it's a chance for you to sort of kickstart change, right? Even if it's not sustained, it's better that you try to do these things and fail than not try at all. It's a gift, okay? Today is New Year's Day, and it is a gift that you've been given, and it's a gift that I've been given, and anyone with a calendar has received this gift. It's the first day of the first month of the year. So this is your opportunity to wipe the slate clean. Now, don't get me wrong, every day is New Year's Day, and you can start afresh on a random Tuesday in August. Of course you can. 
But sometimes it's nice to like leverage an occasion. I mean, sometimes people will provoke change or decide to embark on change after something happens, such as a major family bereavement or a setback or something. You get people with substance abuse problems, things get so bad, they're like, right, that's it, I've reached the point of no return. And they make they, they make the decision. But um, I think that it's lovely, if you can, to use today. Okay, so I want you to be optimistic about your ability to change and your ability to have a great year. And therefore, I would like you to make a list of New Year's resolutions. I'd like you to write them down. I'd like you to put them on the fridge so that if you live with other people, you have accountability. If you live alone, why don't you text your New Year's resolutions to a trusted friend or family member, again, for the accountability. And what are my New Year's resolutions going to be? Well, time management has got to be the one. It's got to be. My dear father, who's not around anymore, was a very creative guy. He was a very optimistic guy. He got a lot done in his life. His timekeeping was pretty disastrous. And the reason why is because he thought he could do everything in a day. He was very optimistic. So I'm actually, my New Year's resolution is to be rather somewhat more pessimistic about time. And to look at the watch and go, well, look, there's no way I'll be in Covent Garden by seven. That's just unrealistic. Um, and uh, that's it. But so I think uh, time management is going to be a big one for me this year. So I'll put that on the list. Learn German is another one because I've got people in my life who speak German and I would like to speak it better than I do. I basically have sort of roughly the hang of the language. I just do not have the vocabulary. Just, you know, what is a baggage handler? No idea. Right? I know what a beer is. I know what an apple is. I know what a house is or a cinema. But, you know, there's more specific words like mitten. What's German for mitten? I do not know. So this time next year, I'd like to be able to speak better German. So that will be on my list. Time management. Learn German. And then build on things that have happened this year. Because, I, you know, you've got last year's New Year's resolutions, haven't you? And I've got mine. And so um, maximum preparation for things. If you've got a task... Put the hours in, do the prep, do it ahead of time. Research things, go the extra mile, work a bit harder than everyone else. All really good things, which are kind of an ongoing theme of this podcast and of my life. But I really want you to get excited about your New Year's resolutions. I want you to be super optimistic about it. I had a, I had a friend and I announced that I was going to give up sugar and he was like, yeah, whatever. You know, he did not believe that I was going to go. And I was a little bit dispirited at first because, oh, God, maybe I won't. Maybe he's right not to believe me. But I kept the faith. I did give up sugar and it was a game changer. So don't let do not let the naysayers get you down. Right. If you've got your New Year's resolutions and it involves getting to number one this year in the charts or um, any other such, you know, starting a business or losing weight or any other finding someone and getting married, whatever it is that your aspiration is, whatever your New Year's resolution is, um, I believe you, okay? I've got your back and I know you can do it. And for me, the big first step, because they always say with, with when you've got a problem, the big first step is to reach out and ask for help. I think that's very true. I think the big thing with wanting to change your life 
is to have some goals, have some things that you want. So by the way, there is a difference between the New Year's resolutions and the goals, but I think that they work together, if that makes sense. Because, for example, my desire to have better time management will fit with my goal of success. Because if you're better at managing time, you're going to be more productive, you're going to be more successful. So I think that the resolutions and the goals dovetail. You probably, if you want, you you probably need a list of two, really. You probably want a list of resolutions and a list of goals. The resolutions are ways that you can be better, isn't it? Um, I mean, I've got, you know, a simple one. A relative of mine has um, lost their partner. So I will speak to them every day this year. That's my plan, right? At the very least, a text message, but where possible, which is most times a phone call. And of course, lots of visits. So that's a kind of resolution-y type thing. Uh, my other New Year's resolution is to read every day. And we did a whole podcast about the joy of reading. But the problem is I love it. Maybe you love it. Maybe you don't. But I don't do it nearly as much as I should. And I've been on holiday over Christmas and New Year. And I've had a chance to start reading again. And I've forgotten how lovely it is because it's just, it's like hypnosis. You sleep better and you get taken to another world. I'm sure it reduces your blood pressure. And it's probably excellent. Well, it is excellent for mental health. Plus you learn stuff, don't you? Reading. Reading is just, there is no downside, is it? There are a few things in life that are just undisputably good for you. Indisputably good for you. Reading, drinking water walking, (laughs) sleeping. These are non-negotiable, excellent things. Has reading ever been bad? How could it be? Of course not. Forgive me while I, what they call, blow my nose. So I'm actually away at the moment. Uh, Well, I'm not. If you're listening to this, I'm back. But it's recorded in advance so that you've got this today. So it's not even bloody New Year's Day. When I said to you, Happy New Year, I was being outrageously fake because it's not New Year's Day yet. We're in December. But I wanted to make sure that this landed in your inbox on New Year's Day. And everything I'm saying to you is what I would say on the first. And therefore... But honestly, I I want you to get excited about New Year's resolutions. I want you to get to the end of this episode and you really believe and you're suddenly, you're like happier. You've got a smile on your face and everything, the world just seems lighter and brighter and more joyful because of the list of New Year's resolutions that you have got. And of course, it can be a mix. It can be things you're not going to do like smoke or eat unhealthy food or be late, or it could be an active thing, which is I'm going to walk for 20 minutes a day, or I'm going to read for half an hour a day, etc. But make that list, make it long, put it on the fridge, have it on your phone. And here's the other huge, huge theme of this show, which is if you fall off the wagon, and if you fail, then you forgive yourself and you go again the next day. But yeah, January the 1st, I really want you to leverage this day, okay? I really want you to leverage it and understand what a wonderful opportunity the birth of a new year is. It's time for the Elton John anecdote of the day. And he is somebody that made a lot of resolutions and failed and broken promises and all that. He kept trying to sort out his life and not drink alcohol and take drugs and all the stuff that he did 
which is now well reported. Uh, the, there were several major attempts at so sobriety over the years. Various moments in his life when he was like, that's it. I don't drink, I don't take drugs. And it would last for a while and then he would fall mightily off the wagon. And then finally, I think it was 1990, early 1990, he checked himself into rehab and that was it. And he never looked back. But like I said to you earlier, I think that his attempts to to achieve sobriety, which then failed, all of that were little steps in the right direction. And it's great that he was trying. And so that's all I will ask of you this year and today on New Year's Day is, is to try. To write down the things that you want to start doing, the things that you don't want to start doing. And then broadly speaking, your goals as well. So you got that. Things I'm going to take up, things I'm going to stop doing, and goals. That's it. It's a three-way list. So that's your homework today, is that list, if you don't mind. I would love it. But Happy New Year. Congratulations. Go for it. Are you excited? Tell me if you're excited. I want you to be excited. I know you're excited. Do it and ignore the naysayers. Okay? This is your year. I've decided this is your year. I don't care how old you are. I don't care what your current situation is. You can work your way out of it. I know it. Will it, and it will be so. Can I tell you that I am olympically unwell? I am spectacularly unwell. I'm not. That's an insult to someone that's genuinely unwell. <laughs> Sorry. But I have got what they call the influenza. Uh, I haven't tested myself for this glorious illness that we've spent three years focusing on. This majestic disease that captured the world, which, don't get me wrong, was nasty. But I believe that the efforts with which to tackle it have been far more damaging. And I think the world lost its mind. Anyway, I don't care if I've got that or the flu, because most fortunately now in 2024, the difference is minimal. Flu, by the way, was never an easy disease either and sadly claims many lives. But I don't test. I'm not testing or anything. I have a seasonal respiratory thing. So what have I got? Um, I won't bore you. I won't go into too much detail because something that's very important to remember is that nobody really cares that much about other people. It's, you know, we are, we are selfish human beings. We have to be. It's a survival instinct. We care about family members and maybe very close friends because they're in the tribe and it's good for our DNA for them to prevail. But as a general rule, you shouldn't go on about your situation. So I'll keep it brief about my. But I just want to uh, want to tell you that I'm not feeling well and therefore apologize for, you know, I don't know if this will be a dreadful podcast or not. But remember the golden rule, three words, do bad work. A average podcast is an average podcast today is better than a brilliant one tomorrow because tomorrow never comes. Um, I'm full of, it's a fluey thing. It's more than a cold. I've got no sympathy for people with colds, okay? You blow your nose, it's fine. But I've got that fluey thing, which is the achy muscles. My ears are popping like I'm on an airplane. Kind of a scrambled, fuzzy front of the head. Tonsils, not inflamed, but maybe just a touch on the pink side. You're welcome. Uh, so I just feel sort of shivery and achy. And that is, I think you'll agree, that's a mild flu, isn't it? That's not a cold. You don't have achy muscles with a cold. 
So I do feel pretty rubbish, but the show must go on. And that's got to be a big thing for this year for you and for me. 2024, you just crack on with it, right? I've got the flu. I'm bloody doing this podcast. In fact, a relative asked me to move some wood around the place earlier. And I didn't fancy doing it and I'm not well, but would it kill me to do it? No, it wouldn't. I bloody did it. There's a lot to be said for just saying yes and doing stuff. I can't lie. Um, the reason I think why I'm ill, I'm on, I've been on holiday and I let myself get cold. I was skiing and I'm a massive believer that if you're fully wrapped up, it doesn't matter how bad the conditions are, you'll be okay. But what happened is it was very, very wet. So everything got soaked through and I was out for maybe four or five hours. It was cold and it was wet for a sustained period of time. And you sit on these ski lifts. The skiing bit's fine because when you're skiing, you get warm because you're a lot of, working a lot of muscles. So you heat up. So nobody is cold skiing. But you sit there on the lift, which is very exposed, sometimes for 10, 12, 15 minutes. And somehow I just got a chill. And I was looking up earlier about colds and is there a relationship between being cold and getting a cold? And, and yes, I mean, first of all, the clue's in the name, it's called a cold. But also your immune system, when your body is cold, your immune system is compromised. So I think that would explain that. Which is why if you're correctly dressed, you can be surrounded by other people with colds and flu and not get it. Stands to reason, doesn't it? And the reason why I'm not better is because I'm ignoring it, which is really naughty. So I've been doing exercise and I went to the sauna two nights ago and I did this mad thing where you go in the sauna and you get very hot and sweat and then you go into this plunge pool which is a refrigerated bath basically if you don't know it a refrigerated pool with ice cold water so the idea is that you go from the the hot sauna to the ice cold water and then you go back in the sauna. I was in and out. In What was I thinking? Do you know what I mean? I'm not well. What the hell was I thinking? It's another good theme of the show, by the way, which is common sense. It was not common sense to go uh, and do a sauna. But someone said, oh, it'll burn out the cold. And I did feel better yesterday, the day after the sauna. But then the day after that, which is today, I feel worse again. Why? Because I'm ignoring my, my body. And what I really should be doing is just I should be tucked up in bed, shouldn't I? Let's be honest. With a hot lemon. Does alcohol, is that good for a cold or not? I think people use that as an excuse just to drink. Oh, I'm going to need a hot toddy. I'm going to need something with a bit of brandy in it just for my health. Oy vey. So I was in um, abroad for the sauna. Where... It's not just a case that you are naked. You actually have to be naked. If you go around, if you go into the sauna wearing a costume, they send you out. It's not allowed. I suppose the idea is that you, you can't have a hierarchy of people who are naked and people who are not. It's, it's, a, it's like communism, isn't it? We're all doing it or none of us are. <laughs> so, Pete, you got all these. I mean, you do. It's fascinating, really, because you get to see the human form in all its glory and you have you know, young people, very sort of healthy and middle-aged people and older people, and you see how their bodies change. I found it quite interesting. It's quite interesting just to look at naked people in a non-sexual way as they lie there huffing and puffing and sweating in a, in a sauna context, let me hasten to add. 
But yes, nude nude bathing, nude sauna is obligatory in Austria. Um, and it's all right. I don't think it's necessary, I'll be honest with you. Here in the United Kingdom, we like to be fully dressed in a dinner suit when we go into the sauna. And a duffel coat. And a top hat. The Brits, we don't really... We're not that big into public nudity. I mean, I'm old enough to remember the 80s when package holidays became very popular. People were flying to sort of France and Spain. And it started in the 60s, but I remember in the 80s, it was like toplessness. People were going topless and it was like a big story. Oh my goodness, those French people. Topless. Never seen anything like it. <sighs> I'm doing this unsatisfactory blowing of my nose where nothing comes out. You're welcome. Is there any sympathy? No way. And why should there be? It's my own fault. I went skiing and then I went into a naked sauna with a bunch of overweight German men. Yeah, you do see the body, the bodies. I mean, some of the Austrian German, some of these uh, Austrian men, they are, they're big. Because we know about obesity, don't we? We know about, you know, it's everywhere. More than half of British people are now overweight or obese. 3,000 admissions to hospital every day for obesity-related conditions. Conditions. Which is, by the way, why on New Year's Day, I can remind you that if you want to give up weight, yes, give up weight, <laughs> lose weight, um, you should listen to my low-carb episode, which was many moons ago. Probably in the first 10, I would have thought. Do you want to look it up? I mean, we could look it up if you want. What shall I tell you? Because it would be worth, if you're going to go back and listen to anything, that should be it. Where's the podcast? There we go. Right, I'm going to Google myself now, the Mark Dolan way. Oh, I do hope this comes up, because otherwise I'll be embarrassed if I can't find my own podcast. Let's have a look. Uh, all right. Well, I've got um, episode 18, Weight Loss Foods. That's not bad. Gosh, there's a lot of episodes already, isn't it? This is 49. Probably should have made new year's eve number 50 but it's not how it worked out and i don't want to do things just for the sake of it uh... all right well look i'll be honest with you it says here lose weight fast episode one first ever episode so references to weight loss would be episode one and then Episode one. And weight loss foods, episode 18. So episode 18, episode one. The other thing I'd like to, this is kind of a reading list for you, isn't it? I could look up any other useful podcast for you to go back to on New Year's Day. And I think the one would be The Chimp Paradox, which is a life-changing book that will help you to be successful and manage your emotions and achieve everything you want to achieve. So where is that? See, I've set myself up for a fall here, haven't I? Oh, dear. Where's it gone? The Chimp Paradox Explained. That's what I'm looking for. You see, you'll know because you've been listening to the podcast. I bet you. I bet you know already. All right. Well, what I'll have to do, folks, is I will have to 
do some research and find it. I'm just having a quick look. I feel like it would have been early on. Oh, yeah, there you go. Okay, it is um, episode four. So episode four, Train Your Chimp. Um, yeah, that's it. That's the one. So a 51-minute episode. So episode one, episode 18, both cover low-carb and weight loss and how to get thin this year. And episode f- five, travel tip, train your chimp and good is good enough, is all about this book called The Chimp Paradox, which is, I think, if I had to recommend the most valuable book of all the books I've read about self-help, that would be the one. Because it just teaches you that there's this little cheeky monkey in your head and it's guiding your thoughts and actions and it's affecting you, it's holding your, you back because you don't have control of this little creature. You can't kill the creature, but you can manage it and train it up. Sounds like gobbledygook, but it absolutely isn't. This guy's sold millions of copies of his books. The guy is a genius. He's called Dr. Steve Peters. Rooted in science, highly recommended. So, right, now, um, products of the week. Well, I don't really have any. I, you know, I, I do get asked, you know, what's happened to products of the week, and I do need to bring it back, I suppose. But I, the thing is, A, I don't want you to feel like you've got to buy stuff to be happy. And also, I don't have that many products. <laughs> I mean, I've I've taken you through a lot of the basic things that I really like, that I that I own. So I'm, I'm beginning to run out of possessions to recommend. Actually, I mean, maybe, I don't know. Did I recommend this in the past? I don't know if I did. Oh, everything hurts. I can't lie. Everything hurts. <laughs> Where is the sympathy? I like this. This is a travel loudspeaker. Got with me on a holiday. It's by Sony, who do excellent Bluetooth products. And this one, I mean, look, the Japanese are not good with the titles of things, are they? Uh, This device is called the SRS XB13. Can you think of a worse name? SRS, that's Sugar, Robert Sugar. X for X-ray, B for Bravo, 13. SRS XB13, brilliant, brilliant travel thing. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll, you'll see how sort of dinky it is. Fits in my hand. How tall is it? It's probably 10 centimeters tall, max. And then seven centimeters wide. It's light, it's got a good base. I mean, it's amazingly got the sort of subwoofer within it. It's got a strap so you can hang it onto something. It is waterproof so it can go in the shower. Bluetooth, as I say. Absolutely wonderful device. I really like it. It's got a really good battery life. Something in the region of 20, 25 hours. Should we find out how much battery life it's got? No, this is a good, if I haven't recommended this before, this is a bloody good device. And also it's a great thing to recommend as a present. XB. If you want to give someone a present, get them one of these. Because, well, I'm abroad at the moment. So I'm looking for prices. It's giving the prices in euros, but it says 35 euros. And let's see how long the battery lasts. Oh, everything's in a foreign language because of because I'm away. Come on, folks. 
It's very unhelpful that you don't show me how long the battery life is. So look in the sale, that seems to be in the sale. Look, you're not gonna do it in the right UK because when you search for a product, put your home country in. John Lewis reckon they're selling it. Oh, has anyone got time for this? Come on, folks. All right. On Amazon, it's um, down from £55 to £39.85. SRS-XB13, compact and portable waterproof wireless Bluetooth speaker with extra bass. Comes in a range of different colours. Luminous yellow, blue, orange, black. Don't know why people get hung up on the colour of their devices. 16 hours of battery life. Here you go. Well, look, for a small device, I find that very decent. I love it. I swear by it. Anyway, why am I talking about this? Well, I suppose it's product of the week, isn't it? There you go. Even though I said I wasn't going to do product of the week. Another good product, if you've got a blocked nose. I remember once I got a blocked nose. It was so bad, I was trying to fly in an airplane and was in quite a lot of pain because I was so congested. And then the pressure of the flight was really bad. And I went and got myself something called Sudafed. Now, I don't know what that would be in your country, pseudoephedrine, but basically it's a pill and it clears your nasal passage and it unblocks and it's amazing. And it's worth it if you're having trouble sleeping because if you can't sleep, you're not going to get better. So that's why I, I don't do medication really. I try to really avoid it. But I think medication is justified if it helps you to sleep because sleep is the healing process. If you're not sleeping, you're not healing. So the Sudafed a while ago opened my airwaves and then I could sleep and it was a brilliant thing. Neurofen is a good one or ibuprofen is a good one when you're traveling. It's very good for these kind of flu symptoms. Do you know the other thing that hurts it? I've my, my eyeballs actually hurt. I've got painful eyeballs, achy. I've got achy eyeballs. And I was shocked. I looked in the mirror. I am white as a ghost, as my mother would say. So that's good. Always travel with either some ibuprofen or aspirin or paracetamol but I've got to say ibuprofen is my favorite it's a good all-rounder it's a anti-inflammatory can I just say regarding Sudafed and Nurofen and all these products do not let them in anywhere near children uh, if you're going to take medication please seek professional advice from your doctor I am not a doctor I'm not an expert the products I have mentioned are available over the counter if you're curious or want more information ask your pharmacist before you buy and do not exceed the stated dose there you go have i covered myself i hope so <sighs> what else have we got um let us see so look before we wrap things up let's tackle a couple of the other cheeky little issues yes yeah, something i wanted to talk to you about was the <clears throat> huge value of being competent because if you think about the word incompetent that means that you're not able to do something so incompetent is you know no one wants to be incompetent and understandably so it's a damning word isn't it incompetent it's a bit like impotent but professionally however the word competent is underrated and it really should be something we all aspire to be it's funny isn't it because if you were in a job interview and let's say you want to be an accountant and and they said look you know describe yourself what do you think your qualities are what are your strengths are and you could say well I'm I will be a very competent accountant right imagine if you're in legal trouble 
and you're offered a lawyer who's described as a competent lawyer. They're competent. It seems very um, underwhelming and compromised, isn't it? Oh, God, I've just I've got a lawyer. Right. I'm, a, I'm on death row. I face certain annihilation in the electric chair and the lawyer defending me is competent. It's not good, is it? It is not good. But actually, I think let's big up competent because competent means that you can do the job. You can do that thing. So you could be a competent friend, which is unglamorous. It's no frills, but a competent friend is there, takes your call, returns the text message, sees you, helps you out. They're just steady, steady as she goes. That's not a bad friend, is it? A competent friend. Similarly, a competent colleague, right? So again, it's not glamorous, is it? You know, I'm having open heart surgery and the surgeon has been described as competent. Thanks, but no thanks. Competent. I want a great surgeon or competent one. All right, I hear you. But on the other hand, let's say you're at work and you've got a colleague and you need them. Basically, something needs to be done. Company report needs to be sent off. Get someone competent to do it. It will happen. If someone's competent, they deliver. It's not glamorous. They're not the most impressive person in the office. But actually, they're very valuable because they're competent. They'll just... They'll do it. You know what I mean? I've got a friend when I'm away. I've got a friend that just um, checks the cat food and looks around and, you know, it's competent. They'll just do that. I know they will. And it won't be glamorous. It will be no frills. Competent, competent, competent. It's underrated. So why don't you try to be more competent? What competent involves is consistency. And it won't make headlines. It's not going to make you a big star. It probably won't make you a millionaire. But I do think that competence will, you know, it, it is, as I say, it's a great resource for you. And what I like about it is it's easily achieved. It's a bit like earlier when I was saying that you can have instant change. If you're a late person, you can decide from one moment to the next not to be late anymore. Well, you can be competent, can't you? You can be 100% competent in everything you do this year. So you can be a competent partner to your to your other half. You can be a competent parent. I mean, what is a competent parent, right? The perfect, the most amazing parent is really good at doing craft with the kids and baking and building sheds in the garden. And oh God, the most amazing, perfect parent. Well, I've never been one of those and I don't know if you are. But a competent parent is not bad. It's not a bad thing for a parent to be competent. And what do I mean by what do I mean by that? Well, a competent parent turns up at time at the school gates to pick the kid up. You know what I mean? This is at four o'clock, collect the kids, you know, and mum or dad, they're there at four o'clock. They're competent, you know, there's a cake sale. They remember to bring cakes for the cake sale. They give the kid the gym kit because it's sports day, whatever it is, you know, and they fill out the forms for the school trip. They're competent, you know. They have dinner on the table at six, which is when a child should eat. They get the kids in the bath at 7.30. Right? It's no frills. It's not fancy. It's not award-winning parenting. But it's competent. And that's not bad. It's not a bad thing to be competent. 
but it's not celebrated, it's not praised in our society. It's not even aspired to. To be competent is not aspired to. But let me tell you that it's a secret superpower because people who are confident quietly make their way through life and they do pretty well. Competent parents raise children who are fed, watered and grow and are healthy and quite happy and fit and productive. That comes from competent parenting, not amazing sort of celebrity parents with all this glitter and stardust that they bring. You know, these very famous people who publicize the fact that they've got kids and everything. And No, they just kind of quietly grind it out. Maybe your parents were competent. Maybe you've never appreciated their competence, but perhaps now's the time to do just that. Your colleagues at work, competent. Think about your boss. Wouldn't it be nice? I've got a great boss at the moment, right? Got good bosses. But I've worked in the past where in places where the, the management were not competent. They made bad, obviously bad decisions. That was so annoying. I'd take competent all day long. I love it. I mean, everything is competent. You want to be a competent skier, a competent cricketer. No one will ever call themselves competent, but it's actually the thing to be. Well, there you go. Listen, it's been lovely chatting. We are 37 minutes in. Happy New Year to you. I'm really excited about your new year and I'm excited about my new year. January the 1st is the turning over of a new leaf. It's a massive opportunity. It's a reset. The scoreboard has been zeroed out and it's yours for the taking. Okay, I want you to discard and leave behind all of stuff from the past that's out of your control, right? Forget about last year. 2023 is gone. I don't care what happened to you. I don't care how many bad decisions you made, how ridiculously silly you were. And all the mistakes you made, all the problems that existed in 23. I know that that was really bad. And I know that they will, of course, accompany you. The problems don't go away. They continue into the new year. But I want you to use this January the 1st as a big reset. Set yourself on the path to change, right? So it's not, it's not change instantly. It's the path to change. So that in a year's time, when we meet again, You'll look back and you go, you know what? Yeah, it didn't happen overnight, but actually a few things moved the dial for me because I had that list that Mark Dolan from the Mark Dolan Way recommended, that list on the 1st of January. I said, your homework, the minute you finish this podcast, I want you to write that list. Remember, it's a list of the things you're going to start doing. It's a list of the things you're going to stop doing and it's goals. And I do not care how ambitious any of those lists are. I don't care how ambitious. If it's cure cancer or start a business or find someone and get married, that is ambitious, right? <laughs> That's ambitious. I don't care. I want you to be ambitious because look, you, you know, if you aim for like curing cancer, well then maybe, you know, you're going to cure the common cold, which I've got. So it's not as good as curing cancer, but it would be nice for me right now. I'd quite like a cure for the common cold. So do it, believe it, this is it, let's go for it. 
This is your year. I don't forget the negative mentality. Forget about the baggage. Forget about last year. Yes, the problems are still with you. You've still got debt. You're still overweight. You're still in a loveless marriage. You've still got problems with your friends. You're still unemployed. You're still living beyond your means. Whatever it is, you've got huge problems. They don't go away. And I'm not a snake oil salesman. I'm not going to tell you things which are not true. You have your problems. Health issues. You're still ill. You still got a bad back. You still got a toothache. You still got sore knees. You've still got this. You've still got that. You still got migraines. I hear you. But what I want you to do today is you make that list, and that is the way that you navigate forward. You find it. You're forging a path ahead, and you might as well be ambitious with your with your New Year's resolutions because then even if you only go to 10% of what you were aiming for, that's 10% further along than you were last year. So it's going to be great. So I want you to be really abundantly positive. I want you to believe in yourself. I want you to be optimistic. I want you to have a wildly aspirational, optimistic list of things. But don't forget competence all the way as well. So everything you do, every whether it's washing up or going to work or in your relationship, go for that Clark Kent superpower of competence, right? Think about Clark Kent and Superman. Remember Clark Kent is the guy, the real version of Superman is a human being. Superman can fly and he is a hero and he saves the world. Well, Clark Kent is Superman, but he's in a suit and he's got glasses and he works in an, in an office as a, as a journalist in a newspaper called, I think, The Daily Planet. Um... Clark Kent is competent, isn't he? But my God, you know, he's pretty impressive, let's be honest, because he is Superman. So actually, if you're competent, you are a disguised Superman, you are a disguised Superwoman. And competence is a disguised superpower. May I wish you a happy new year? Please do that list for me. I implore you, follow my instructions and you will succeed. And here's to many more adventures this year. Love having your company for the whole of 2023. I don't know when we started the podcast. Well, <laughs> shall I do that annoying thing where I then look stuff up, which is really slow, and you've got to wait while I look things up? It's not good, is it? But I do think all the dates are there. Right, 9th of February. So it's it's almost a year. We've got a few more to go. you got whatever, something like five or six six episodes to go before we have our anniversary um i don't feel any better but i've enjoyed chatting to you i've enjoyed your company let's go for it this year okay i really want you to believe that's your only job today is to believe and it starts with that optimistic list of new year's resolutions and by the way some of them can be very trivial like i'm going to empty the dishwasher rather than let my flatmates do it it might be that you're going to stop having bananas because they're full of sugar, which brackets they are. <laughs> I don't care how major and significant or how minor your New Year's resolutions are. That's the funny thing about change, you know. The big stuff and the small stuff, it's its the same, really. It's not, you know, to, to not be a late person is just as easy to do as to um, as to, to lose weight or something, because it's just, it's clear what the mechanism is. 
Anyway, we've been there. I don't want to repeat myself. Um, I think I'm delirious, I'll be honest with you. The other thing that hasn't, by the way, I've not helped myself is that although I was recommending ibuprofen for colds and so I've not actually had any of that. And the reason why is because I feel that I'm willing to suffer these symptoms. So in other words, I don't feel well, got the achy joints, my eyeballs are sore. Uh, wrong balls to be sore, isn't it? You don't want your eyeballs to be sore. The, the other balls sore is normally the sign of a very active private life. So that's good sore, isn't it? Oh my God, have I gone too far now? I think I've gone too far. I've gone too far. But I've got this achy head and I'm fluid, but I'm willing to put up with it because I'm on holiday. I don't have to work. Who cares? But I might crack at some point and have a neurofem, but let's see. Who knows? Competence all the way. Write that list for me. Your resolutions, things you're going to start, things you're going to stop, and things you want, which is your goals. Go and have a great 2024. It's going to be great. We're going to own it together. We're going to go and smash this. Are you up for this? I'm serious about taking you and me to the top. And that means to the top emotionally of happy, to the top physically of healthy, and to the top professionally of success. By the way, none of that was scripted. I just, all that came out of my head. And do you know why? Because I think it, and it's really easy. I don't have to, don't have to manufacture it. I don't have to churn it out for you. It's there in my head. That's my vision for you. It's my vision for me. Shall we do this? Let's go. 2024. Get writing. New Year's resolutions. Do not believe the naysayers. You got this. Believe in yourself. And let's be optimistic and let's go for it. Big love. Happy New Year. And I'll see you in a week's time. Bye bye. <laughs>